This is Consensu, the podcast, episode 498 for the week of February 19th, 2023. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Consensu, the podcast. Uh huh. An extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Consensu. Yes, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. A wee little bit. A wee. Speaking of the wee, hi, my name is Mike. You probably know me, Vegito EX. Uh, live in the studio. Woo, it's Heath. What's up, Fugio? man? How you doing? Good, good. It's yeah. good to be here. Yeah, technically we've already recorded one podcast. So. We have. We practiced. <laughs> we did a whole run through of this. Yeah, yeah. So it'll this be entire flawless. episode. We've already done. No, we did a different episode. Uh, that one won't be out for a few weeks, maybe months. We'll see. Um, I'm planning Years? It. It's maybe? a post. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the other <laughs> one. This one I plan on doing. That's a post 500 episode. This is still a pre 500 episode. Um, but as is kind of standard, anytime someone comes over, I start getting a little sick. So I've got the <laughs> the mucus thing yes. going on. But I can't pass up. An opportunity to do a live you know podcast recording so even though you know for all history posterity well you'll hear a little bit of nasally mike on this episode and i, I figure it's worth it as i call him normal mike yeah this is normal <laughs> mike well, i totally did have someone mention at some point i think it was, was zephyrite who was going through all the podcast episodes like mike you get sick a lot i'm like stop don't yeah i wonder if there's somebody out there that could track that <laughs> how um, often yeah you know with dates sicknesses uh-huh you could uh-huh. provide that to a medical professional maybe get <laughs> yeah. something worked yeah. out maybe get a second third opinion there uh Heath, here's what we're going to talk about this episode on the podcast this was a tweet that i put out <clears throat> back in october so very timely yes uh you know i like to stay as on we top are with things. everything yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would like to discuss with you, uh, quote, biggest parentheses, non-strength related, close parentheses, somehow still prevalent Dragon Ball rumor slash misunderstanding. Uh, we had a poll here. I had four entries in the poll that I felt were some of the biggest, uh, most prevalent. Uh, but I said, you know, of course, if you have any other suggestions, we definitely want to hear it. There's, there's obviously more than this, but I think these kind of couple ones give us enough of like a full conversation anyway mm-hmm. and a couple have little like split off topics from them um so that's what we're going to talk about this episode you know we've certainly done rumor guide entry kind of like dedicated podcast episodes maybe i'll load up the rumor guide after this to look at some of those other ones and of course we have the intended endings guide that's going to be a, a big focus of one of these in particular um but i really like talking about this stuff as it's uh, you see it everywhere as we were just reviewing some of the responses, uh, tweet responses we had on here, a couple of them were like, you know, I, sir, I, I know that one, but I hear this angle of it more. And it's like, no matter like what group you roll with, it seems to be, or social media platform even, you get like a slightly different twist. Oh, absolutely. Because I think we talked about one in particular and I said, I frankly, I hardly have ever heard that. Yeah. And apparently other people hear it a lot. Yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> it's good to get a variety of, of, of opinions and thoughts on that. Yes. That's what we're talking about this episode. Let's roll right on into this topic then. Here we go. All right, Heath, the four answers we had in the poll here for <laughs> biggest non-strength related, somehow still prevalent Dragon Ball rumor slash misunderstanding. Uh, and this is basically in order of responses too. Is I didn't yes. necessarily 
order it this way. I kind of did. I figured this is how it would go. Uh, number one. dictated is what happened. Sure, sure. It was leading questions and answers. Number one, intended to end with Frieza. Oh, I've heard that one many, many times. Yes. Uh, number two, the Boo Arc Gohan slash fan outcry. Mm. Um, that one, I only have so many characters <laughs> to put into a poll <laughs> answer. So that one is about Gohan being in a leading role in the Boo Arc and the rumor of, oh, it was fan outcry that led to Goku coming back. Uh, we can certainly talk about that. Uh, number three, uh, Toriyama writes the Dragon Ball Super manga. And then number four, uh, and this one got a, a much lower amount of uh, votes on it, but I see it all the time. And that's that Funimation started in 1999. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so there's a lot to get into there. We're going to kind of just run through these basically in order here. And then we have some of the um, the responses we got from other folks. We can go with intended to end with Frieza. I mean, it's not true. <laughs> there is no evidence, essentially. There's a little asterisk here, and that's going to be for a future yep. podcast episode uh, as we get some more stuff translated and kind of like double confirmed. But for, for all intents and purposes, uh, people always point to specific things like, oh, it just felt natural that Goku becomes Super Saiyan and like that's the end of the story. Um, it really feels like a natural conclusion. Uh, you know, the next thing we get is like the return of Frieza. Like, so it seemed like fan pandering and then we go on to this other stuff. And when you or look I, at what happens in the anime and the manga, yep. like it feels different. I've, I've heard that Tori told them he was walking away this right. was the end and they somehow dumped a you know a dump truck of money on his front step and he decided to continue things like that i i've heard a lot of of those i've heard them in person at cons actually yeah yeah, yeah. said to us sometimes yes. which is very strange yeah it's it's definitely an interesting rumor that um it's been prevalent at least here in north america since pretty much the series came to our shores uh it's actually before z landed yeah. here so one of the the first ones that uh sources i was able to find was from um glenn wang he went by dr brief he wrote this um dragon ball dragon ball z faq that was posted on usenet and eventually it was over on his uh website capsule corporation but he regularly posted it to alt.fan.dragonball and rex.arts.anime like 13 part faq series and the earliest version i could find of his faq that referenced this question was in may 1996 now consider that Funimation's syndication bracket, which we'll talk about in a later answer here, didn't start until September 96. So Glenn's answer to this question predates Funimation's English dub. I, th I feel like this is a larger conversation we need to have about a lot of information where some of these thoughts predate Funimation. Which is weird to think about. Yeah, well, I mean, Funimation really? existed. They, they did Dragon Ball in 95, but right. for DBZ, I mean, no one knew Frieza yet, really, unless no. you were in the scene. So Glenn answers this question. In his FAQ, question B32, when did Toriyama Sensei really intend to end Dragon Ball? And I mean, this is like one of the reasons why we we went with the word mm. intend. Like we see this all the time. It's early here, it's 1996. Um, and Glenn puts the answer, according to some interviews, parentheses, I think, and parentheses, the original intended ending for the series was the end of the Frieza storyline. So no citation here. Also qualified with I think. That was par for the course for internet, you know, discussion at yeah. that time. Yeah, I think that I was a lot. Somewhere. Hey, I heard from somebody that they read yeah, that yeah. this was a thing. Right. We would hear that all the time. Uh, I mean, we've gone on. We have an entire page of the intended endings guide dedicated to Frieza. I mean, for most of the arcs we do, but the Frieza one's obviously the longest because mm -hmm. it has so much. But this is, you heard this all the time. Um, you know, I love Jason Thompson. We had him on the podcast, but he wrote an article, um, House of a Thousand Manga, that was a feature on Anime News Network. Mm -hmm. And even he made a passing reference to, 
uh, quote, apparently Toriyama wanted to end the story after the Frieza arc, end quote, but he doesn't provide any source either because, I mean, this was just assumed knowledge. Well, that's what it became. Yeah. I mean, essentially it was disseminated enough that everybody was, well, I heard this and my friends heard that. Everybody I talk to online has heard that. So it has to be true. Yeah. Enough people but say that. It's always fun when you actually go, about, okay, well, but show me how that is true. Yeah. Where's this and interview? there's never been anything it, from a lot of people I've even heard. Well, I know somebody that talked to Toriyama directly and that's how I know. Yeah. Which is always weird because there's no documentation of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, a conversation is usually not documented. Yeah. Yeah. Brought up. Yeah. This doesn't come up from Toriyama. So the closest we have to kind of answering this question completely debunks it from Toriyama himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is, there are the, they're called MOOCs. <laughs> they're magazine books. They, mm-hmm. they're, they're like, they call them special issues of Weekly Shonen Jump usually. Yes. It's, well, it's essentially a magazine that is specifically catered to a series or franchise. So in this case, it'd be like a Dragon Ball Z magazine, but they do it in a style that's a book where all of the content is just Just that. that. And it's a limited release. Like it's only, they put it out and that's it. You know, it came out that week. And And they're usually fairly cheap. I mean, it's... Yeah, 500 yen Sometimes the print quality is much better. Um, Mm -hmm. They'll make it that nice, glossy, thick paper. But you're still only paying six or seven dollars yeah. a lot of times they're not terribly expensive yeah. and some of them are still easy to get like i've actually had a hard time getting the first dbc <laughs> anime special everyone's got the second one that first one i'm mm-hmm. pretty sure you have it but it, I, I haven't been able to find myself a copy <laughs> of it um like the superstar guide for super that was also considered a, a book along this yeah. line and sometimes they'll do that like the, the super starter guide that was hey we're promoting this series yeah, yeah, yeah. they would do a lot with movies just various events that were going to happen they really wanted to promote make yeah. sure that people knew about so the, the one we're talking about here the dragon ball z anime special 2 uh, it actually has a big feature on bardock like that mm-hmm. was the era it was like frieza arc bardock tv special right. either had aired or was about to air because the first one i think went up through almost dynamic i think so it, I was, it was mostly like cyan but it had cyan arc some stuff. minor minor dragon ball yeah, relevant yeah. stuff so when this anime special 2 came out it has uh the this round table with a whole bunch of people in it it's really cool uh they called it the super anime gene round yes so all, the, all the anime people uh toriyama notes and so this book was essentially released alongside chapter 327 all the namekians have been transported to earth's after the, okay. the fight with Frieza. So we're like contemporary with the end of the Frieza arc, like mm-hmm. the actual end of the Frieza arc, contemporary with this coming out. We're, we're at the time period where Goku's missing. Yeah. On Yard Rep. Yeah, we don't, we don't know that. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes. Um, and of course, this obviously would have been conducted earlier than this chapter coming out. Yes. And so we have this quote directly from Toriyama himself that says, still though, it's strange that even after doing so much Dragon Ball, I don't want to end it yet. Normally, I'm pretty fickle by nature. Mm-hmm. It's like contemporary with the end of the Frieza arc, he says, I don't want to end it. Well, maybe he made up his mind, you know, at that point, sure, but sure. halfway through, he was like, gosh, I really want to end this. And you then, can certainly say that could be like he yeah. intended to end it because there's that word intend. Yes. But then we got to the end. And he said, never mind. Sure. I mean, you could phrase this any way you want. But the, the long and short of it is we don't have anything from Toriyama himself or any of the actual this series production members. Again, I'm going to put a little asterisk here because I do have something that I do want to get into with Julian at a later point mm-hmm. in time that may frame this conversation a little bit. I don't think it's going to flip it on its head by any stretch of the imagination, but just stay tuned for that in the future. Um, But right here, I mean, from the people who make the series, no one has said this. Well, and I'll even throw in a little two cents of his editors at the time, especially Torishima, they are very candid 
a lot of the time in interviews that they do. Especially about these what, days. Yes, what they told Toriyama to do, what they wanted from yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't really hold back because he doesn't Shima's have to. amazing in the modern day. He'll yes. just tell you exactly He's what He's just he straight up like, oh... I did not like that character. I told him to change it, so we did. And then he'll be like, and that and motherfucker the turned that, in his yeah. thing late, and we couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> so I think that also says something, the fact that he's never even brought that up, because yeah. he's brought up other points where he's like, I didn't like where this was going. Yeah. I wanted him to change it. Or even when they kind of did Dragon Ball Kai, I mean, he, he is very frank about that as yeah. well. So. I think there's a lot of inference that you can draw from the fact that he hasn't said anything to the fact of, oh, well, Toriyama came to us and said this. Yeah, he was thinking and, about ending, and yeah. you know, we kind of tossed this around and like made a compromise. There's nothing that. There's always the point to make that these specific kinds of series, the series is meant to go until it no longer goes. And so, of course, there's Which is always essentially pressure. the shonen manga like Absolutely. mantra right like, now. This is what they do. So you know that, like, yes, there is editorial pressure for Toriyama to continue. That's going to be there from beginning fr- to end. But nothing about the Frieza arc in particular weighs in here no. whatsoever. In fact, I would say there's more evidence, if especially if you go through the intended endings guide. Yeah. Of other arcs. Much earlier, he, too. Yes, where he's like, I think I could... Have. I mean, he has straight up even said, I was just going to go for those original 13 or 14 chapters. Yeah, I yeah. think it was going to go much past that, and then I was going to start coming up with ideas for a different series right. or doing more one-shots. I mean, you think about it. I mean, Dr. Slump didn't go for... 10 years dragon ball went mm-hmm. for 10 11 years like Toriyama's is not used to doing the yes. 10 year thing so of course there also is that side of him that's like can i please be done <laughs> like i'm already a millionaire like i don't need to be doing yes this. but um it, it really continues to come back to Toriyama has never said that he intended to do it there and we have so many interviews like even if it's not translated on the site this is something we would have prioritized to get mm-hmm. up there there were some contemporary things back in the day like you were mentioning with Torishima like we know all about the cell arc and the revolving cast of yep. like transformations there like that that we at least knew as early as 95 with some of the Daisenshu translations and I would say that even to today I think why it's become you know why why it has stuck around the longevity of kind of this rumor yeah is i think there's a lot of validation that has been provided to it by many people that are officially involved with the series from more of the american side of things sure sure um i won't name names but (laughs) i have heard from them of oh yeah this is what i heard or but there's again no kind of documentary and where did you hear it from yeah you know that's always kind of the kicker but even that it's gotten to that level of of people that are officially involved with the series that openly promote it yeah i think it adds the validity of it to a point where it's just become kind of mainstream almost it's just believed it's kind of the the place we are in society at the moment anyway and that you can have your own commentary yeah, we're, we're on that. in a post-truth but, era of course yeah uh whenever you have somebody that that does step up to the mic and say something like that that has some weight behind it sure uh, that always is going to carry a little bit more to a, any type of rumor and i think we've seen that and that's frankly been around for 15 20 years so Another angle I want to throw in here, and this is itself over 10 years old at this point, uh, but that's Dragon Ball Kai. I mean, we've talked about the production <laughs> of Kai a lot. Um, but when that started, they didn't 
show anything or have any key art or anything that went beyond Frieza. Mm -hmm. And it really seemed to them that like that was a test and they didn't know how far they were going to go. And ultimately we did only go to sell uh, for that first pass. But but I do remember that. Yeah. That kind of led validity in some respect to, oh, is there something about ending with the Frieza arc? Um, and, And a lot of people took the early commentary of Kai being the Toriyama cut as then feeding back into this mm-hmm. rumor about it. That was all fluff, though. Like, we know Toriyama didn't really have any involvement. It was all Torishima's idea, yep. and they just used Toriyama's Thanks, name as like, marketing. Um, but that really had nothing to do with it whatsoever, yeah. but it just fed into it. But you also even have to come at it from an approach, I think. When you're having storyline transitions like that, they're natural breakpoints. Yeah, And yeah. so it's natural for them. I don't think they're going to throw in, here's number 17 standing next to Frieza, but we're not showing anything else. So does that mean that now we're ending with Cell? It just doesn't make sense to throw him in there because he has nothing to do with that storyline. Whereas we've seen, I mean, North America is a prime example of how many times have we had iterations of the sign arc. Yeah. Because that is a natural break point. Right. (laughs) Right. Unless you were live when we went through the whole, let's get stuck on Namek for multiple years, season, you know, back to rabbits. Yep. That's the way Toei, Shueisha, They've always delineated the series. I think even in a lot of guidebooks, a lot of the Namek and Frieza stuff always gets lumped in with the Cyan arc because you have the overarching storyline of right. Vegeta yeah. into that arc. Right. And those naturally leads into Frieza. Yes, I mean, they all really Cyan, tie together. You don't get a really clear break until you get to the end of Frieza and you're going yeah. into a lot of the artificial human, android, yeah. and cell. And then you get another just Real really clean. clear definitive yeah, yeah. break. And there are time, time skips there as well, which yes. really helps. But then and time skips were natural in the first 190 mm-hmm. odd chapters of the series. Yes. So it was actually Sign and Frieza that was very different from what we've had before. You know, it's strange because a lot of the Dragon Ball arcs do naturally lead into each other, like 22nd um, Piccolo Daimao, 23rd. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually kind of a, a very natural like art to art to art story yeah they all tie in but, but they have you time can still skips. break them up yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah the the cyan the early parts of what you would consider dragon ball z they really all flow together i mean they're seamless where yeah there's there's a break i know we do it guidebooks do it we're going from like namic arc to frieza 37 arc. this is the yes. frieza arc now but <laughs> As we found even with, with Super, especially from a, a manga perspective, there's oh, no yeah. clear cutoff where you're actually transitioning from arcs in middle of chapters. Yeah, yeah, that's been a pain and in the ass. It, it sucks <laughs> yeah. when you're trying to document things. We have to add in all the little notes of, actually, yeah, yeah. we're going to call it this chapter. Halfway through 42. <laughs> yeah, and you get a lot of that within the the Cyanamic Frieza yeah. type of story arcs because they just seamlessly flow from one into the other. You'll even see people do that, like... They'll, and I, they'll break Namek into separate from Frieza, yes. which kind of like falls into now you're getting into Funimation style sagas. The Captain right. Ginyu saga. Oh, God. Oh, those were the days. All right. We've talked this one extensively to death. Yeah. I mean, if, especially if you're a long term fan of Consensu, you've already read the intended endings guy. But like, this is number one with a bullet. Like, it is the rumor yes. of the series. Now, you said that. That we also received some comments about the cell. We totally did, which I thought was really interesting because you and I have both said that we don't see that that often. No. Um, And so when I got that response, I I put this up in a couple places and people are like, yes, that is the one that I see. I never see Frieza. I only see cell, which is wild to me. Which I think kind of goes back to a little bit of what we talked about there. How much you well, one, you have a time skip, but there is a clear definitive difference, not only in 
a time skip character development wise yeah but storytelling wise to go from what we had in cell a lot of serious more tones yeah to toriyama totally flipped back to more of his gag style well and we know what's going on there toriyama you know is getting burned out at that point yes but takeda comes in as his editor who's much loosey-goosey yep. compared to uh kondo and torishima there um so there's that side of things but people also point to like well this is gohan taking on the role and winning the fight and like this is a natural mm-hmm. conclusion to what he introduced in the cyan arcs like yes but that's storytelling <laughs> that's how this works yes so i think that one i can see where people come with that one because yeah. that is a definite hey we're making a transition from point a to point b yeah we're also going to skip some years <laughs> right so uh but it is one thing i just don't really see it a lot mm-hmm. because i think it is such a clear distinction from one to the other that people just naturally go well then they just continued on with this yeah um now did toriyama want to end it there he always wanted to end it <laughs> yeah but i think for him it was more enjoyable i don't know maybe this is just me you can weigh in on this but all the time people always talk about how long the freeze arc is and it just seems so drawn out and to me that's more of a anime yeah. perspective yeah, yeah um in the manga it's actually way the the majin buu arc is one of the longest arcs in the entire series yeah you wouldn't think it Eclipse like if now, if, if, <laughs> if you go back and and you think about it yeah you look at it you're like wow it yeah, is. but the in, in the moment when you're going through it it does not feel like it's as long it does feel like the freeze arc is much longer yeah. even though chapter wise it's not yeah <laughs> Well, you have a really good article about this in the what is now a 10-year-old fanzine, (laughs) which is a little scary. Uh, I think you called it the inevitability of filler. But I mean, the Frieza arc was the point when they caught up. They were like 10 chapters behind. And that's that's like a death sentence for a shonen anime adaptation. And it was. And it was one of the first times that that had happened for the series. It had never been that close before. Yeah. So we did get a lot of film, a lot of material that was just way drawn out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we... Up until then, they were doing two and a half, sometimes three, sometimes one. Like, it just kind of varied, but that many chapters per episode. Yeah. And then, man, when you get to the Freeze Arc, they draw one chapter out for almost three episodes at a time. People talk about the staring contest. Yes. We're going off in a million (laughs) directions here. All right. I want to move on. Sorry, you're going to hear some clicking in the background just as I go around from... I love this mouse, but it's kind of a loud click, but oh, well. I like it. It makes it feel like you're doing actual work. I I am. I'm working here. Yeah. (laughs) Don't tell the boss that I'm not working. (laughs) Wait, I'm the boss. Uh, So number two was Boo Arc Gohan slash Fan Outcry. (laughs) And so this is kind of a continuation of what we were talking about with the Cell Arc, where that felt like a natural jump for Gohan's character, where mm-hmm. Goku has died. Gohan has now taken on protector of Earth role. He literally wins the fight at the end of that arc. Gohan gets the win. Then we transition into the Boo arc, where Gohan is the main character. I mean, he gets his own high school like mini arc at the beginning of there, new reintroduction. Oh, this sounds familiar. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so once Gohan does get reintroduced, you know, he, he gets his ultimate power up from the old Kaioshin. He comes back mm-hmm. on the field. He's now older. He's he's older. He's not adult Gohan. Right. This is teen Gohan. This is teen <laughs> Gohan. We have to be clear. Yes. Uh, but the instant he's brought in, he's immediately whisked away and Goku is brought in and then Vegeta's brought back in and it, you know, we get the, the Goku and Vegeta and Sho and Goku gets the win. And so people are always like, you know, what happened there? Oh, clearly the fan outcry. They wanted Goku back. They couldn't accept that Gohan was the main character. This simply isn't true. (laughs) People just make up stories for themselves. And this is another one where we actually have 
a like direct concrete statement on the matter from Daizenshu 2. So I feel like we got a lot of answers to these questions in 95. And yes. it, it kind of took a while. This is something you're going to hear about in a future podcast episode that we already recorded where I feel like we lost documentation for a period of like five years due to the English dub. This is a larger conversation I want to have at some point in the future. Um, but it really took Jake and Julian doing all the Daizenshu mm-hmm. work for us to like catch up to where we were. And to me, this is one of those instances where it's I come up with a theory to basically fit the narrative I have that makes sense based yeah. on what I'm seeing without actually having read anything about it. There's no, you know, didn't really do any research, but it it makes sense if you just throw it out there because yeah. you're like, oh, it fits. Well, it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That it clearly, fits. It, it makes it's, sense. In some respect, it's like Occam's razor. Or like, this is yeah. what happened. This is what I see on the screen. Well, clearly, this must have been it. Yep. It's actually a better Occam's Razor to that Occam's Razor. <laughs> Toriyama is asked, and then the cell arc ended. Did you think that everyone felt you would put Gohan into the leading role? And Toriyama responds, I intended, this word, I intended to put Gohan into the leading role. It didn't work out. I felt that compared to Goku, he ultimately he was ultimately not suited for the part. So, and this, this is just Toriyama working through his art by himself yeah. with an editor who isn't really directing what he needs to be doing mm-hmm. anymore. So he's really left to his own devices to just throw. I mean, this is the boo arc. Like he just throws shit at the wall and he's going from Gotenks to Vegito to Gohan yep. back to Goku. And we know, I mean, he was essentially, he never at that time really drew out entire story arcs. He never knew where it was going. He wrote a lot chapter by chapter. Yeah. And I think that really, lends to kind of what happened with that character you definitely like you said you get the impression of he is just throwing shit at the wall and what kind of works what does he like and one he liked a lot of the gag material he went back to that shtick which is fantastic because i think it works really well for the type of characters that he brought in um again revisiting fusion which is Mm -hmm. always fantastic so i think it uh like we said, it, it really fits well if that's what you're coming to. But I think Toriyama, the fact that he even says that, hey, I, I didn't like where this character was going. And I totally believe it, too, because how he had developed Gohan up to that point. I mean, being basically a school kid that, yes, he's powerful, but that's not like his ultimate goal. And yeah. even when they were doing a lot of the Saiyaman stuff, to me, it was always kind of like, well, this doesn't really fit like i get what he's doing with it but i I don't see how gohan would actually do that forever yeah long term yeah yeah the other thing that comes up here is all right so if it's fan outcry you know what was the actual popularity at the time Mm -hmm. and weekly jump did a lot of character popularity polls yes Um, there's actually a ton more of these kinds of things in the ancillary magazines like the partner magazines like animedia and animation stuff yeah um dragon ball isn't always because they're like not a real partner, but like a sort of partner because it's all this like Kadokawa versus Shueisha versus Kadansha like kind yep. of stuff going on. Um, so there's lots of character polls in the other magazines too. Uh, but there's two in particular and we reference this in the intended endings guide on the site. Um, toward the end of the Cell Games, Gohan is actually in first place in the popularity poll that we have in, um, this is Weekly Jump 1993 number 12. Um, and then by the time we get later uh, towards the end of the boot arc, Weekly Jump 95 this is a double issue, number 5-6. Um, Gohan's not actually in the top five. It's Goku, Vegeta, Trunks, Gotenks, and Piccolo. The, the character popularity polls really just kind of match who's in the series at that time. Yes. And the protagonist is usually always yeah. be number one. Yeah, because that's, you're that's enjoying the what is. they're doing. There's a lot you could read into there, like what made Gohan 
you know, drop? Is it because like he himself was dropped? Did people like the older con- like you could come up with a million narratives here? Yeah. But but basically what we're getting at is the the popularity polls don't back up that narrative of like there was fan outcry. If Gohan was still in number one that entire time, that would lead a little more credence to it. But that's and, not the case. And also they're pretty forthcoming with um other interviews that they've done where Toriyama, Torishima, um, even Kodo have have said that hey, we received a lot of letters. Yeah. When this happened. Yes. Yes. X Y Z. You know when right, right. when we made Goku an adult. Yeah. Um, or things that they did with him as a kid when they did a lot of Budokai stuff. Yeah. It was like, oh man, it got really popular. We got really good responses. There's never been any interview where they say, man, we really got a lot of letters after we did this with Gohan. Yeah, if we and took we, him away. We decided to do that. Yeah. And of course, the internet wasn't a thing at that time. So all of their feedback was local to Japan sure. letters yeah. that were written. Yeah, and we're never going to know the extent of that yeah. stuff. But like you said, when there was an overwhelming response, we would hear about it from someone at some point. Yes, and especially was, in the Daisenshu interviews. Right. They, they tend to say that a lot. And we just didn't get that here. And uh, I mean... This is another one where we have a direct statement. Toriyama himself yeah. saying, "No, nah, I just, I went in a different direction." Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. Like I know it's not necessarily a satisfying answer for some people, but that is the answer. That's it. Yeah, he it was not his artistic vision. He didn't like where it was going. He wanted to yeah. change it. All right, number three on the list here was Toriyama writes the Dragon Ball Super manga. Oh, uh, this one. I think we could go on. You have two hours. This to is kill on totally this? its own. <laughs> and so this is, I, I think, did I mention this already? The aforementioned. I am currently writing this for the rumor guide right now, and it's longer than I anticipated it being because you kind of have to set the stage with a bunch of stuff. Like you have to define Gensaku, and you have to define like editorial supervisor plus regular supervisor. And why doesn't Toriyama actually get editorial supervisor credit on Super, where he only gets Gensaku? Like, there's a lot of stuff to go into here. Um, And it's complicated by the fact that Viz's manga (laughs) treats it as story by Akira Toriyama and then written by Akira Toriyama. And it's actually just, it gets even worse, because I was putting up a news post just yesterday about, I think, volume 19 from Viz is coming out later Mm -hmm. this year. Um, So I was copying the description from the Amazon page. Um, The Amazon listing here, Goku's adventure from the best-selling classic manga Dragon Ball continues in this new series written by Akira Toriyama himself. That's very misleading. (laughs) It is. It's complicated because... And I, I think that is part of this issue and we've talked about it online but there is no definitive who writes what and when because it has been changing from story arc to story arc so it's really hard to credit something the same for every single one which is what Viz has been doing yeah and that's not necessarily the case of what's happening with the development of the series especially post tv series and that's a complicating factor because the tv series and the manga started with adaptations of Toriyama scripted movies which were essentially outlines yeah that were provided to both staffs yeah and then they were independently able to flesh out how they wanted to while also simultaneously sometimes contributing ideas back to each other so yes. like even when it was it a was Toriyama this weird draft, loop. it totally was and then so we got through the entire tv series from let's say the champa six versus seven arc through the tournament of power and then the mm-hmm. manga was contemporary with it and then we started getting that split during the Goku Black stuff where Toyotaro is definitely going more in his own direction storytelling while Toriyama is 
involved in both. But also, you kind of point to the Goku Black arc, the Future Trunks arc. This is one that we learned was an idea pitched to Toriyama from the editorial staff. So, like, yes, while Toriyama wrote the outline, like, that's actually not any different from something like the Broly movie, which we know was one of, like, three ideas that were pitched to Toriyama to then develop. So even when it's a Toriyama scripted movie, it's still a concept from the Dragon Ball Room. Kind the of Dragon Ball Room. I feel like we're in the Dragon Ball Room. This is the Dragon Ball Room right now. Is Absolutely. this where it all happens? Yeah. This Tor- is actually... Torishima's in that closet yes, right there. I knew it. <laughs> I thought I heard something earlier. So Viz complicates matters there. And like, I, I hate to say, you know, wait for this rumor guide entry to go up because there's, there's so much to go into. I'm just kind of like scrolling through. But you want to talk about the key players here. Like we have Toriyama, we have Toyotaro, but then we also have Victory Uchida, who's the editor yes. and also like a mascot there at V-Jump. And then even above him is Akio Iyoku, who's the editor-in-chief of V-Jump and the head of the Dragon Ball Room. What his ultimate direction is in the series, we don't actually know what his hands-on stuff is, opposed to Uchida, who's like mm-hmm. by nature of him being a mascot character at the same time, like he's more open about it. Yeah, he's pretty much the face of what's happening yeah, all yeah. the time. Um, but it, it's been fully collaborative the entire stretch in every single medium, whether that is manga, TV series, or film mm-hmm. even. like so You really can't say written by. I guess you could say the scripts for the movies are written by Toriyama. Like He gets that credit too, a very right. specific credit. But even then, like you go back to the Resurrection F script and he writes, and everyone has a big fight. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite thing of all time. So, he, he No descriptors. Even. Yeah, yeah. So they're, again, left to their own devices. But um, even uh, Toyotaro has has said, hey, I came up with this an idea. I sent it to Sensei. Yeah. And these are the comments I got back. And I, you know, was just flabbergasted at what he came up with right. and how he fleshed out my idea. Right. And it's just kind of, or gave him approval of like, yeah, dude, this is awesome. And then the fact that you're mentor is basically approving what you're doing with his work i guess i want to run through and we've actually talked extensively about these with ian here on the podcast yes going through the galactic patrol prisoner arc and the granola arc but we know the galactic patrol prisoner arc was kind of like the first arc where we didn't get a statement that said toriyama wrote an outline for it so it seemed to be very much a toriyotaro inspired arc idea but even then, Toriyama was still like heavily involved in it. Um, but Toriyama like designed uh, Medusu and Moro, um, kind of that stuff himself. And then we get to the Granola arc where Toriyama did provide did provide a, an outline for that story arc, but it was based on the pitch by Toriyama. Yes, who then himself kind of wrote the entire story arc. But then Toriyama revised again like himself and just redesigned some characters and they're pitching things back and forth and Toriyama's like you know I can do new Dragon Balls so let's insert those Toriyama's like oh I can't just come up with new Dragon Balls I can't do that on my own <laughs> only the original author can do that um, Toriyama redesigned the Hidas you know it took like four designs to get approval on that mm-hmm. that was collaborative as well um, Toriyama did the Shigarians I don't know if I want to say Shigarians it's kind of a strange it is when you're trying to, to kind transliterate of um, but, and then you get to Superhero which is another thing where it's like we know there's multiple ideas being pitched around there's no good answer for who writes the dragon ball super manga the dragon ball super manga is written by committee that said the dragon ball super manga is written by toyotaro the words that are on the page the drawings that are on the page come from him exclusively yes those are influenced and revised and corrected by toriyama and you know uchi does got his own influence but the, the words you read on the page in the dragon ball super manga are put there by toyotaro and the majority of the layouts I, yeah from what we've seen 
Toriyama might change slightly a few panels, but it's more character positions. Yeah, but yeah. most of the paneling itself is all Toyotaro. Th- that's kind of like a sub rumor I've seen. I, I think I need to address it here. People are like, yeah, uh, Toriyama does the storyboards for Super, and then <laughs> Toyotaro. Like Toriyama has specifically come out and said that how much he hates storyboarding. He doesn't. And we get official articles on the official Dragon Ball site with the official storyboards by Toyotaro. Yes. Every month, like. They show us Toyotaro storyboards marketed as Toyotaro storyboards and drafts. Like this, it's not a question of who storyboards Dragon Ball Super manga. No, not at all. That is the age we live in, and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's Viz's fault that we kind of have mm-hmm. this. Uh, you know, I kind of don't envy their position because they, I don't either. They want to get I, Toriyama's I'm, name on it. Yeah, I'm not here to say, oh, this is at fault. I know some people really go after. Oh, no, why don't you? It's their fault. Why don't you change all this and? Um, I just, I don't envy their position at all of how do you put that out and explain it when you, you, you're not very good at explaining these things, you I can, think is a good way to look at it. Yeah. You can get the full story even within Viz's volumes because they do whatever interviews are in there from the Japanese releases. So you can get some of that Toriyama and Toriyama. You can get some of that Toriyama and Toriyotaro kind of like banter about who's involved in what capacity. Which I really enjoy the fact that they did. I'm glad it's there. But that's, you know, you have to buy the physical volume. It's totally counter to what you see on the cover. Yeah. And if you're only reading the Simulpub, you're never going to see that stuff. It's only the collected volumes. So you kind of have to be, you don't have to be Konzenshu tuned in, but you have to be like, I bought the series tuned in. Right. Which not everyone is. Especially when it's free online. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I love that part. That is, I I do too. Very nice. All right. This takes us to the last answer on the poll, and then we'll get to some of the other things that people tossed out there. But uh, the rumor that Funimation didn't start working on the series until 1999. Oh, this this is is, like your bread and butter. This is the stick up my butt of people saying, like, you know, there's the Ocean dub, and then there's the Funimation dub, and Funimation took over in 1999. It's like, it's not just the voice cast that I feel is important to this answer. Uh, I mean, so. Jumping back, Funimation formed in 1994. Again, Fukunaga and family. And family. Down in Texas and business partners. I forget what industry he was in before, but Daniel Kokenhauer, I never I'm going to say oil name. just because. I'm, yeah, must have been. <laughs> he started a company. He had an uncle, which I want to say we figured out was Kozo Morishita. I'm not entirely sure, but I think that's the family connection. That sounds right. Um, started Funimation. Quote us on that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and through this connection, connection <laughs> was able to acquire the license to Dragon Ball in America, which was which fucking wild. Because no one saw coming. There were plenty of other companies that were people thought these other companies had it. And there was a, a great article I have over in the press archive where someone was like, "Last we heard, this company had it, but this mm-hmm. no name company out of Texas called Funimation just grabbed it." Can you imagine though being in Funimation offices and and you get that and then you go, "How the hell are we going to distribute this?" Yeah, thing? what do we do now? We don't. Yeah have what? people what? <laughs> to do this great so Funimation starts in 94 they kick out a test dub of curse of the blood rubies a you know, recent feature on the site definitely check that out um then they start doing dragon ball and syndication 95 13 mm-hmm. episodes the movie you know we know this story they skipped to dbz in 96 uh two seasons in syndication 96 to 98 cartoon network picks it up in 98 uh the end of 98 there in september start re-airing the syndication seasons September 1999 season 3 television broadcast season 3 as opposed to DVD volume mm-hmm. season 3 begins with the new Texas in-house cast and new third replacement musical score by Falconer Productions it was Funimation doing this the whole time since 94 Funimation has been the licensee of Dragon Ball animation in North America just the people changed 
<laughs> and even then, not all the people changed. Yes. I think one of the most important things I like to point to is that even when it shifted to the Texas voice cast, guess who was still writing the scripts for the dub? Terry Clayson. Mm-hmm. Who's Terry Clayson? The original Ocean voice actor of Krillin. They kept on Ocean talent to keep writing the scripts for the show. So, like, the production the entire time is Barry Watson. The words you're hearing out of the character's mouth the entire time is Terry Clayson. Nothing really changed other than the actors who were speaking the words right. from those characters. From the production standpoint, it was essentially the same. Completely the same. It's just yeah. Barry wasn't flying to Canada anymore to <laughs> yes. record the voices. And I, I think back to uh, a really funny interview that John Allen, who worked on um, Dizzy X with me many years ago, got to do some voices in the Tournament of Power. So like, he kind of fully came full circle again to get into the show That's many so- years yeah. after Pink Hat Guy. I'm so happy for him to get back into <laughs> doing the show. I think, did he play Annalisa? I don't ever remember those characters. I names. don't. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> anyway, uh, he did an interview with uh, Sonny Straight back in the Dizey X mm-hmm. days where Sonny addressed the fact that Terry was writing the scripts for his dubbed version of Krillin. And he's like, can you lay off the Mondo cool stuff? Yeah. Like we, We've known this entire Those time. audio files are out there. I, it's in the rumor guide yep. still. I have that one up there. I, I never got rid of that one. Um, and that got put up on the file sharing services. Is like yes. uh, Sonny prank calls Terry. It's like, no, it's an interview from site. It was a real thing. Um, but that's what gets me about it is like, there's no difference in the people making the show from episode 53 episode 54 all that changed was the people making the voices come out of the characters and the really bad guitars that were coming out mm-hmm. of your speakers I th- do you think part of it too though is there's not a funimation logo slapped on a lot of that stuff at in but, those beginning but years but there is but i don't think to me it's not as prevalent like i remember saban pioneer things I guess like you that think, yeah, yeah like if you're talking about home video releases but that's because yeah. they're they were the producer and the but every like, episode ends with a big funimation yeah. logo yeah I don't know. I mean, I get it because there's this is kind of the crux of the conversation where like, how do you delineate them? And it's easy mm-hmm. to say the Ocean cast, the Funimation cast, because Funimation, it, it became an internal cast because Funimation was such a local company. And they used a local voice cast. They didn't outsource yet at that point. Right. And even today, who knows if you want to talk about like the Okratron cast mm-hmm. or whatever, like for Crunchyroll. <laughs> I, that is just weird. Now, now we're in the Crunchyroll era, so it's even weirder. Oh. People are like, do we then say that Crunchyroll has had it the entire time since 1994? No, I'm not no. going to say that. That <laughs> doesn't make sense. It's always been Funimation. <laughs> I mean, you think about from like day one. from 94 through the end of GT, like Barry oversaw all of that. Yeah. And Gen was in charge of the company the whole time. Um, those people, like it was... That's what they did. They made that show. Um, and it was all Funimation. As you said, an easy way to reference an it era. Is. And I get it from that perspective. And it's it's definitely like pedantic, Mike, that needs to jump in and yeah. correct this. But I do see people like legitimately not understand that Funimation existed before 1999. Oh, yeah. Like they came in, Funimation came in and they saved it from themselves. That's where, yeah. <laughs> like what? Well, we can get into that argument all over. Did they save it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I love it this. It depends on your perspective. I love this response here. I'm just scrolling through some of the tweets. Uh, Umbrella back here in October wrote, Tori doesn't write the Dragon Ball Super manga? Three question marks. Like, yeah, I guess we have to. Uh, let's see. Len Guy says, the Gohan one always manages to circle its way back into the fandom every few months. The others I don't yes. see nearly as often. Uh, let's see. For the brand intended to end with threes, I still see people talking about. Funimation starting in 1999. First time I've heard that one, but Lamau uh, <laughs> is pretty good. 
Uh, Sean here says, I think the intended to end with sell I hear more than Frieza. That's what we were saying. Like, yeah. what? I, I don't understand that. Um, D... UA Congo Swiss here says, I would love to hear the full story of the writing process of the manga though. Well, I'm I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> uh Hold Steven tight. says, I'm on Reddit a lot, no matter the convo, Toriyama's writing choices and super are always brought up. I could correct them, but why waste my time? Yeah, the writing Toriyama's writing choices in super. There's so much to get into there. Yes. Uh we just got this in actually on Discord this morning. I, I posted oh. this over in the patron channel. Does anyone have anything else that they want to throw into the conversation? Uh I've never said this name out loud before, so forgive me. Intoyon, uh talk about this. And so he this is one of our scans from the Akira Toriyama The World Exhibition uh Dragon Ball Z Movie 3 pamphlet oh, with yes. okay. with the battle points three-page spread for various characters in the series and so i mean i guess this is an easy one to answer where this is kind of like early stuff and yes these are strength ratings for characters with battle powers but not quite battle powers battle points and i i guess the way we need to frame this is yes they they kind of took whatever they could take but also a lot of these numbers come from a cardas series where those numbers were for that not necessarily just actual like scouter readings yeah i was i was looking back you can actually go read about it in our battle power guide yes and there were many more characters than the one i think they just sent the one image but yeah, yeah. there are like three pages three, yeah. if i recall yeah and yeah there's there's a lot of that stuff that that even from there just gets reused in other guidebooks that tends to happen a lot yeah <laughs> this was the summer 1990 toei anime fair uh, this was such a a fun era this particular oh, yes. fair because there are i think three books associated with it there's at least two there's this there's the akira toriyama the world special and then there's well, also because akira they toriyama were the world it, i mean it was basically the toriyama fair yeah because they were doing everything was toriyama related yeah, yeah and it was basically we're going to show him off as much as we possibly can and they created so much content they did around yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. um they did a soundtrack release for it too with the yes. pink songs the kinosuke songs i picked that up that was fun to get um but yeah because this was all toriyama stuff so they just filled out the the pamphlet with as much dragon ball toriyama stuff as they could get and so they decided to show a bunch of characters with power levels in them but that weren't power levels. Right. Yes. But you see this, you don't read Japanese, you see yep. these numbers and you're like, well, oh, what did they do? How did they get this so wrong? <laughs> and you don't, you don't really have access to card ass really. No. Um, so to you, they're just random numbers that are out there. If you don't actually have the actual cards or play the game yeah. or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. It can be very confusing, especially when you have random in images that just float out onto the internet with no context. <laughs> Sometimes in black and white, too, and they're, like, real bad. Like, yeah. Why do we have to buy everything? Almost, almost <laughs> misleading in a way. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind buying everything. I like having it. I love but, getting stuff in. There yeah. is one in particular. It's actually on this page here. Um, oh, I haven't replaced them yet. It's right above this section. It's the... Um, is it the Z ones? It is V-Jump July 2004 with yep. Gogeta, Kula, and Broly from... Is this DBZ3? Budoka 3 as it was coming yeah. out um, for the longest time there have only been these black and white scans and when I finally got in the issue I'm like these pages are in full color I've never seen the color of these pages before that's why I love collecting some of this stuff because yeah, yeah. you're getting like oh my god I never knew this or there's a lot of things that well you'll see pages show up but it's not the full page yeah and, like, yeah, oh, yeah. What and then all of a sudden there will be something else on that page you're like that is way more interesting than what <laughs> for sure this is because some of them they'll have the little Tory bot 
Yeah. Like yeah, making yeah. some comment about something. Yeah. You're like, oh, that makes so much more sense. That's really but, but, fun. But you don't get that context. So I love getting this stuff in. Yeah. yeah I, I started getting all the issues that uh, were promoting DBZ2V as mm-hmm. well. I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that cooler thing. Like there's a three page fold out spread on. Like, oh, I didn't see the page that was opposite that, though. I've never seen that before. And I tell you, some of these deep dives, I, I don't know how many we've really gone into, but there would be just random notes about them on japanese wikipedia yeah 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 yeah. and like jake would go finding like they reference this does anybody own it yeah or there was no reference they would just say it was in v jump right but not provide an issue number or year Uh and god we would track some of that stuff down I, but I mean, the thing I say about V Jump is at least it's a known quantity. Like, yes. if I have to buy six issues in a row, like it'll be in one of those. <laughs> like, we we know when this thing they're talking about, like it's got to be in this span. I can tell you, it's really hard sometimes to track some of the stuff down in Weekly Jump. Yeah, because oh, it was yeah. weekly. Yeah, and it was it could, like, who oh knows my god? Because when they were doing a lot of promotion stuff for movies, I've found a lot of that material, but it could be month ahead of time it could yeah. be three months or right. just the week before yeah. a premiere one of the this kind of like an, another really big misunderstanding rumors gt in the five years actual time frame versus the 10 years which is going mm-hmm. to be I, I keep putting this off i have one more box i need to get in of extra magazines to double check some stuff um but it is five years 10 years is a rumor that extends not just from Funimation's English dub. It predates it all the way back to... I want to make it know, seven years. 98. Just to really... Someone in a magazine yeah. said seven years, too. Yep. I mean, you come up with a year. Someone's Someone said it. Um, but that was another thing where it was, you know, I'm trying to track down this Anime J-Wing column. Anime J-Wing is not in every issue. You and I were talking about this yesterday. So it's like, you got to go to the online listings, look at the table of contents. Did they put up the table of contents? Usually they do. They're good about that in the auctions. Does this issue have an Anime J-Wing column? So for me, it was like, I think it was... J-Wing 25 said, as we previously showed in 22 and 23. So then I had to backwards check through all the table of contents to figure out, I can't find a table of contents for this issue. So it could be this one, but it could also be like these three before it that either does or doesn't have the 22 and the 23. So I was like, well, I got to just buy them all (laughs) to make sure I get this. Luckily, you know, I was able to figure out that exact range and get that stuff in. And I'm seeing here in 2023, Promotional splashes I have never seen before in my life. Yes. Uh, we were talking about that last night, uh, how for so long, so many illustrations and photos had cycled through fandom yeah. on the internet, and it was just the same old ones, and you would see them all the time, and you just go, gosh, you know, I feel like I've seen them all. Every once in a while, they would release some f- official guidebook yeah. with an illustration. You're like, yeah, no, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Going back through a lot of the old jump issues, I've found so many things where it was an original illustration yeah, just for that for issue that. and that's the only thing they used it for but since it wasn't a cover illustration yeah it was never reprinted in anything so a lot of that stuff would get collected in things like Daisenshi one and then mm-hmm. later the super art collection I illustration Illustri- yeah one. whatever um but if it wasn't toriyama that drew it Maybe it ended up in Golden Warrior. Is that yeah. the art book? Mm-hmm. But there's still some stuff. Not even necessarily just artwork, but like there's one I wanted to track down was like, how did GT first get advertised? Like I've never seen that original spread from Weekly Jump. I've seen Toriyama's three illustrations or illustration of the three main characters. Yes. Because that always got reprinted. That was always in, you know, Daisenshu and subsequent uh, illustration collections. But like how it was presented on the full page. They didn't even name the characters. They're like, yeah. is this Goten? Who is this character? And then who is this girl character? We don't know who this is. Why does Trunks look this way? It was so cool to see that actually in its own original context. Well, there was even, um, I think we have it in the data book guide on the Daisenshu page, 
But for a long time, there was always discussion about the original seven Daisenshu books. Yeah. So you could piece them together and, and make Shenlong. Yeah, yeah. And, but it was always, everyone just thought, well, that's just convenient. That's what, you know, it turned out to be. And you just kind of had to know. Mm. And it wasn't until I found an actual issue of Jump where it was specifically advertised as here are all the books together in that specific layout yeah, yeah. to form it. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. it was like, so back in the day, they advertised it that way. Yeah. And without having jump, I never would have known that. It would have just been some some side comment of people saying that's what it meant to be, which we all knew because it yeah. made sense. But yeah, you lay them out. You see yeah, that. that's been fun about specifically this the like end of the Z broadcast on TV era going into GT. That is the time frame where every issue of Weekly Jump has a Daisenshu <laughs> ad in it. So yep. I get to see all that stuff. Yeah, it's been fun. There are probably more, and we're gonna put this episode out, and people are gonna respond like, "Well, how did you not cover blank?" But I feel like if we didn't get it back in response to that original tweet, then maybe it wasn't necessarily that important. Um, I just feel like those are some of the biggest. And what's so interesting is we've we've covered all of these like extensively on the podcast, on the site before. Um, but especially as fandom has changed, you'll hear about this in a future past episode, the, the places that people are online, it's, it's so decentralized now yes. that you can go into these other pockets and people just haven't been exposed. They, they haven't mm. learned where the information is. So we go through these cycles all over again of people coming up with their own Occam's razor to fit their narrative. Yeah justify what their thoughts are yeah and like we discussed some of them i mean if you think about it you're like yeah that makes sense yeah yeah but if you actually go look for anything to back up with what you're thinking that a lot of it's well, not that's out the thing, there people that like that's a, a next step that you have to do you have to think yeah. about like, you have to be willing to do that then yeah. that's work right right so, it's that. not just the critical thinking it's like the effort side of fandom too which like i get it like if you're just a fan of a thing and you just want to talk about it you know, I've thrown out my own ideas about things mm-hmm. before too. Like you have to be invested at a, I don't want to say a better level. It's just a different level of. It is. You know, what do you want to get out of it? Yeah. I think is, is the takeaway. I'm fine. If, if that's what you think, that's fine. But once you're going to throw it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in, in a forum setting, you should at least be able to. Yeah. If you want to have a conversation, a be ready to have a conversation. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'll have that conversation. Oh. Uh, Heath, this was episode four. 498 of our podcast here at Consentu. I'm so glad you could join me live in person for me this. Me too. This is good. Um, you'll be around for a future podcast episode that we already recorded as I've yes. mentioned to. I believe that'll be a post 500 episode start uh, an interesting little series. 519 here. maybe. I think you should make Ooh, it. Oh no. Oh god. I gotta come up with something cool for 519 too. Oh, should it be 520? See, that's what I was wondering, but you can make Julian 520. That's fine. I'll be the official chapters. He can be the side story. What do we do for me? What's another? Yeah, we don't really have a significant number after yeah, that. Yeah, because then you start adding in like Kai, and then there's two versions of Kai, and then Super. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah you, what, what I is, think you should be Kai. I think we should do that. What is the good Dragon Ball number post 519? Well, do you want to start adding on Super? At, at, as it stands, it, you're Hold getting on. out there. 508 is yeah. a good number. 508. Uh. I'm sure we'll come up with something. Yeah. It won't mean as much, but... <laughs> Whatever. All right. Uh, Heath, what do you want to throw out there to people? I got nothing. I'm just here for a nice weekend, just yep. enjoying myself. It's good. Um, traveling is always fun. Yeah. I don't know if we'll do any more podcasts today. We're going to... 
I gotta, um, I gotta look at the list and see what else I have that you and I can just like do on a whim. I would we'll appreciate see. it if you'd let me out of your basement at some uh, point. No. Uh, that was Heath over there. My name is Mike Vegito EX, Hugio and Vegito EX here in person. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, let's see, what else can we talk about? The website, www.consenshu.com, uh, patreon.com slash consenshu. Thank you, everyone, for helping us keep the lights on every month. It means the world to us. Uh, we are recording on a Saturday. We will see you tonight. You've already missed it at 8 p.m. Eastern over on my Twitch, twitch.tv slash VuchitoEx. Uh, you can always go back and, and watch the rerun of that and also the highlights that no one watches on my uh, Twitter account that I slave Post over two weeks later. every week. Uh, <laughs> enjoy those, but it's going to be a blast tonight, so uh, go back and check out what we got going on there and we'll see you most Saturday nights. I say that, but as this episode comes out, the upcoming Saturday night, I will be out. So why don't this coming Saturday night, you go back and watch last week's, which is the one we're about to do. I don't know. You make your own plans on every Saturday. We'll see you then. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, this is this podcast episode. I got to figure out what four ninety nine is going to be. Um, I don't know that I'll be ready to do the GT thing yet because I still have to ship that box. I was I was basically done, Almost. basically done. But then and it then was, you found something. Well, I think I need to find something. I'll talk more about it when I record that episode. So five ninety, not five ninety nine, four ninety nine is up in the air. Five hundred I have planned. It's going to take a lot of effort though, so that might be a little more delayed than uh, regular. But hopefully not too bad. Ah, that's enough. We'll see you next time, everybody. Later. Bye-bye.